Titus chapter 2, read a couple scripture there, and we'll jump over to Revelation. But uh, I was thinking about preaching a message along these lines, but I'll give you the introduction to this message. Um, did this with the teenagers when I was here before, but I think we're all okay in here, right? Uh, Santa Claus is not real. Do we all know that? Okay. Um, sorry, Jeff. Didn't mean to offend you there. But I wrote down and uh, got a couple of these as well. But why Jesus is better than Santa Claus? Why Jesus is better than Santa Claus? And really, I mean, there is there's a whole long list that we could do. But just to compare them side by side, Santa lives supposedly at the North Pole. Jesus is everywhere. Okay. Santa rides in a sleigh. Jesus rides on the wind and he walks on the water. Santa comes but once a year, but Jesus is an ever-present help. Santa fills your stockings with goodies. Jesus supplies all your needs. Santa comes down your chimney uninvited. That's creepy. Um, Jesus stands at your door and knocks and then enters your heart when invited. You have to wait in line to see Santa. Jesus is as close as the mention of his name. Santa lets you sit on his lap. Also creepy. Um, Jesus lets you rest in his arms. Santa doesn't know your name. All he can say is, hi, little boy, or hi, little girl. And Jesus knew your name before you were even thought of. Uh, not only does he know your name, he knows um, your history, knows your future, and he knows how many hairs are on your head. Some of us, that's a little bit easier to count um, than others. But um, uh, Jesus uh, also, um, has, or sorry, Santa has a belly like a bowl full of jelly. Jesus has a heart full of love. I like this. All Santa can say is, ho, 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 Jesus offers health, help, and hope. Um, Santa says, you better not cry. Jesus says, cast all your care upon me, for I careth for you. Santa's little helpers make toys. Jesus makes new life, mends wounded hearts, repairs broken homes, and builds mansions. Santa might make you chuckle, but Jesus gives you joy, which is your strength. Santa puts gifts under the tree. Jesus became our gift and died on a tree. Uh, there is no comparison, and uh, being a little bit facetious with you, but when you think about just all that Jesus Christ did, I, I love this time of season, and not just because of all the, uh, maybe the, the fun that comes with it. I'm all for fun as well, but uh, you think about what we celebrate all year round is because of what happened uh, at Christmas time. I, I know there's some people, and I'm not saying they're right, I'm not saying I'm right, not saying they're wrong or I'm wrong, but some people say, you know, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. And I said, yeah, you're probably right, but we just choose as our family to celebrate it on that day. And um, I heard a preacher one time say it like this. He said, I had a lot of people upset with me. I can't believe you. Uh, I can't believe you grew up with celebrating Christmas on December 25th. He said, sorry, my parents were normal, um, is what he said. But um, um, how about this? Just being a little bit silly with you still, but uh, how many of you have ever heard of the song, Santa Claus is Coming to Town? I've never heard of it. Uh, you have, though? Okay. Um, right? So I had to write it down because I didn't know it. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list, and he's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Again, also creepy. Um, he knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. You better, not, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. How about this song? If you like it, I wrote this one. If you didn't like it, I did not write it. Jesus is coming to town. You don't have to watch out. It's okay if you cry. You could pout all day. I'm telling you why. Jesus Christ is coming to town. 
He doesn't need a list. He forgives more than twice. He's the Lord of us all, both the naughty and nice. The Prince of Peace is come to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He'll save you if you're bad or good with a power no sin can break. So let's put sadness aside. Let's let loose with the cry. There's no reason to hide. I'm telling you why. The love of God is coming to town. Um, I'll sing it for you if you'd like for a quarter each. Um, but um, anyways, what a, what a wonderful time of year it is. And uh, I, my kids have gotten the infamous picture screaming uh, tears and, and wailing and gnashing teeth when Santa was in the picture. Um, and, but all, all that uh, I wish I could say spiritually in a way that we don't celebrate Santa was a spiritual reason. I just want the kids to know I paid for those presents. This, this guy didn't get uh, credit for it. Um, but, you know, I remember growing up, uh, my parents, there was a couple Christmases, which now um, I probably at the time I wasn't grateful for, but there was a couple Christmases where we only got one gift. I say only, some of you say we don't get any. Um, but there was other years that we secretly found a family in the church and we got gifts for that family. And I remember as a kid, I was a little bit upset, but then um, it was also cool because maybe, I don't know, I was thinking maybe I got a reward in heaven because I got shorted this year and someone else, no, that was not, that was not it. But um, all that being said, um, it, Christmas is a wonderful time of year, and I hope, especially with our, our kids and our family, that we take time to pause and ponder the reason for it all, of course, Jesus Christ. Uh, you're there, there in Titus uh, chapter 2. I'd like to read a couple verses. And then we'll jump over to Revelation and also Luke as well. Um, this message tonight is a little bit of, um, I guess, a, a buffet. Uh, you could take what you want. Uh, we'll look at several different things here tonight, kind of a hodgepodge of some Christmas thoughts here tonight. Uh, Titus 2, verse 11 says this, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. I love that verse right there when some people say, Oh, salvation is only for some. No, it appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we shall live soberly, righteously, and piously in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us, from all iniquity and purified to himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. And um, that is this Christmas time we are celebrating the first time that Christ came, but I also just want to bring your attention to verse 13, looking for that blessed hope. Um, what, wouldn't it be a wonderful time that Jesus Christ came during this, this season? And I hope that we're looking forward to that. And I remember, I've, I've shared this with you a million times, but I remember as a kid, people say, aren't you ready for the Lord to come back? It was like, can I at least graduate high school? Uh, could I at least, and then, and then after I graduated high school, it's like, can I at least graduate college? And then, you know, they're saying in college, couldn't God come back today? And it's like, can I at least get married first? That would be great, Lord. And then uh, we get married. So, Lord, can I please at least have one kid before you come back? Now that we have four kids right now, what do I say? Lord, please, please come back. Um, Lord, please come back very quickly. But um, tonight, uh, if you look over at Revelation chapter 1, this will be the outline of the message tonight. Le Revelation 1, we'll look at ver one verse here. And then find your place there in Luke chapter 2, and we'll come back to Revelation 1, verse 5, throughout the message. And let's pray, and then we'll get into the message tonight. Heavenly Father, God, I do thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I pray that um, as Christians, Lord, I pray as um, leaders, as husbands, as moms and dads, Lord, co-workers, uh, Lord, you, whatever the case that you have for us, Lord, I pray that we would be very serious about emptying ourselves and filling up with your word each and every day. Lord, putting on the whole armor of God. Lord, I, I pray that uh, for us, especially those here in this room, as we, as we go into the Bible study, Lord, that you would just open, open our eyes, Lord, and speak to hearts. And 
Lord, I do pray for, for myself, Lord, if there's ever a day that I try to do it without you, Lord, I pray you just make me trip right on my face, Lord, and help us to just continue to live a life that's pleasing to you, Lord, but uh, Lord, as we do that, Lord, help us to be students of your word, and Lord, through the Bible study tonight, Lord, I pray that you would just strengthen, encourage, uh, Lord, and challenge tonight. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Revelation 1, verse number 5, it says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the, what's that next word? Faithful witness. Now, he could have just said, who is the witness, but notice that is the faithful witness. And the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. We're going to look at this verse. We're going to kind of break it down tonight. But, um, you know, you'll never know how one person will turn out, right? Um, silly example. Um, but uh, there's, there's those, and I'm sure many of you could go back to just people in your life, not even if you were uh, maybe out of college, but you could, you could find somebody. I remember in Bible college, this happened to me a lot, but in every walk of life, you could see someone and say, man, that person's super talented. God is going to use that person in a mighty way. And then all of a sudden, it's like, where's that person even at? They're not even, they're not even in church. They're not even, um, uh, they don't even seem like a Christian anymore. Uh, but you'll never know how one person may turn out. Maybe good, uh, maybe bad. Uh, I think it's always funny um, when a baby is f- first born, right? And uh, everybody goes up and says, oh, we got your eyes, got hurt. And it's like, what? I don't see any of this. The eyes have been closed the whole time. I don't know how you, how you see this. Um, and it, you know, what's, it, what's kind of funny is, and my wife gets mad when I say this, and uh, she's not here tonight. She's sick, so I can say this. Um, but uh, I honestly, like with, with Reagan, it was our first, of course, she was beautiful. Like she's mine. Like this, she's a beautiful baby. Um, Ryan and Ryder, I teased them. They were twins. They came out a little bit early. They needed to stay in the oven a little bit longer. Uh, but Jennifer ran out of room, uh, or ran out of womb, is what I should have said. But um, anyways, they came out. They were looking a little bit, not so much. Um, and so, so when people are like, "Oh, it looks like you," I'm like, oh, "Thank you." Um, yeah. But I'll tell you this, and I'm I'm being serious. I'm being serious about this. When Rowan was born, it was like. This guy is perfect. Um, he had, like perfect, like round head. Uh, the kid is hilarious. He's uh, literally like everything that I enjoy. He enjoys too. And his middle name's Caleb, so you know he's perfect. Um, it's just it's amazing. But um, it's like my kids can do no wrong except for when they're only uh, when they're when they're around everybody else, right? That's when uh, they lose their minds. But uh, all that to, to say is you wonder when Jesus was born. You know those people they knew who he was, but probably still kind of like wondering how this process was going to go out, you know, but Luke 2, if you want to jump over here in Luke chapter 2, hold your place there in Revelation 1, we'll look at a couple verses here in Luke 2 and also Luke chapter 1. But Luke 2, verse 19, it says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, there was a lot of, you know, you try to put yourself in her situation, she gets this message about that she's carrying Realize she's carrying Jesus Christ, and she's carrying the, the Savior of the world, and she's pondering all these things in her heart, and uh, it certainly was a lot to think about, you know, a lot of th- things to think about. Probably a little bit, as we know, um, as Joseph put her, uh, you know, was put it her way, so not be a public um, example, but, uh, you know, probably wondering, man, people are going to gossip about this. People are going to wonder what's going on, and uh, maybe a little bit of fear of what people would think um, of her, and 
um, and, and I'm not trying to be funny or anything, but I'm sure there was a little bit of a pressure um, to, to have the savior of the world as your child, and that's why I always think it's funny when you read through the passage of scripture when they lost Jesus. Um, was, that makes me thankful sometimes when I can't find one of my kids. I hate, even Mary and Joseph lost Jesus. Um, it's okay, but um, certainly a lot to think about. Look at Luke chapter 1. Let's go over a page here, verse 33, and it says, And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. I just want to put in perspective tonight. Do you think about who this baby is? And I guess if I could give a title to the message tonight... The title would be Three Questions for Christmas. Three Questions for Christmas. Uh, I'm sorry, jump back over to Luke 2. Look at verse, verse number 11, a very familiar verse here. But For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And I just want to, I know it's just really preaching to the choir tonight, but I want to just challenge us. I know it's a familiar passage. I'm sure many of us have read it over and over again, but don't lose the excitement of what is happening right now. And, the, and this, as we read through this and then the season that we're in, uh, verse, uh, the, the, one of the verses, I, I don't, follow me on this, I don't necessarily enjoy this song so much. I don't really, I've, I've, I've heard it sung in church. Um, I've been a part of some groups that have sung it in church. It's not my favorite song, but you know the song, Mary, Did You Know? Maybe you've heard that song before, but every time I hear this, it's like, of course she knew. I hope she knew. Uh, maybe she didn't know the extent of everything. Um, but you, again, you, you, never, you never know how one baby is going to turn out. And uh, as we prepare our hearts for Christmas, let's remind us once again who Jesus is. Uh, go back to Revelation there in 1. We'll come back to Luke here in just a minute here. But look at Revelation 1, verse 5 again. It says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. So here, John is uh, the revelator here. He is giving us a threefold picture of our Lord. Uh, the first, uh, the verse in the part of uh, John's introduction to his book, he introduces himself, he wishes his readers grace and peace, and then here's the description of Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. I'd like to look at just these three, these three phrases here, really help us understand the identity of this baby Jesus that was born in Bethlehem, and each one answers a question that we all would like to maybe ask, and let me just, as we go into these three questions tonight, we all know the answers, they're very basic questions, but again, I just want us to, as we go through these questions, let's apply them to our lives. So question number one, question number one, can I trust him? The answer is 1,000%, absolutely, we know emphatically, yes, I can trust him. Before getting too far ahead of myself, then let me just stop here and say, well, what's the situation in your life right now that you're having doubt about? Why aren't you trusting him? I can trust him. On April 1st, 1998, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and him alone to save me. I know without a shadow of a doubt where I'm going when I die. I can trust him with my eternal destination. Why can't I trust him in this earthly, temporal situation? Uh, in this world of really a lot of religious fakes, uh, this is where we must begin. We have to understand this first title, Faithful Witness. Again, could have just been witness. A witness tells us what they've seen or what they've heard, but a faithful witness is one whose testimony is reliable every single time. A faithful witness. Uh, John means that Jesus Christ can be re uh, relied upon to tell the truth. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that he'll, he can't lie to you? He, it's, not, it's not his way. He cannot lie. He tells the truth. 
First Timothy uh, in six, I think, I believe it's verse thirteen. Uh, um, uh, uh, Pilate there uh, is uh, Christ is uh, testifying before Pilate. Uh, he made a, a good confession, and what did he say? Um, uh, let's let's go here. I'm sorry, I didn't. Have, I was going to have you turn here, but go to John chapter 18. Uh, let's look at a verse here. What did he say when he stood before Pilate? What did Jesus say? Go to John chapter 18. Look at verse number 37 with me. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the, what? Truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So Jesus Christ, think about this, he is the supreme truth teller. Uh, And those who want to find the truth must listen to him. Guess what? I was just having a conversation, actually it was with Miss, Miss Linda Butler, and uh, we were talking through some things, and I just told her, I said, you know, and, and if I could be transparent a little bit with you tonight, I, have, I do, I have a lot of people that I went to school with, a lot of friends in my life that are completely walking away from things of God, and uh, they're on social media, and you know what, I honestly, can I say this, I really don't like social media, um, but a lot of times I have it, I want to know what is, what is being said, What's, what is out there, that's kind of how I get my news, um, and so a lot of the, my I guess I could say acquaintances or people that I knew, they're walking away from it and they'll say, well, because of this pastor, he preached this and then he wasn't even doing it himself. And he starts going through all, all these lists of some reasons. And, it, and again, we know this answer, but what it boils down to is their eyes were not focused on Jesus Christ. We cannot trust man. We cannot trust ourselves. But you can always count on Jesus. And I was telling Miss Linda, I said, we have done a poor job, myself included, pointing people to Jesus Christ. Don't look at me. Uh, don't, don't follow me. What, 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 what did scripture say? I think it was, um, was it Peter, or was it, Pastor, correct me, was it Peter or Paul that said, follow me after I follow Christ? Was it Paul? Okay, he said, yeah, fo- follow me as I follow Christ. Uh, we should never try to get people to come to church or try to follow what I'm doing. Uh, it's what Jesus Christ has done. And, I, and with, even with my kids, I, I, it's not be, I, I'm, I don't want you to just do what mom and dad say because it's the right thing to do. What is the, I want to take them to Ephesians 6, chapter 1. This is what the Bible says for you to do. And it says, and now Shalom says, I, I, I'm wrong sometimes too. This is what I need to do. And so Jesus is the supreme truth teller. Every person must deal with this issue. Can I trust him? When you first got saved, when you were first, I don't want to say debating to get saved, uh, but uh, even as a small child, is this true? Is this true? It was almost like you had to figure out, is this, it, it is true? Okay, I want this. And I, and I could trust him. You know, some people will, um, will answer yes, some people will say no, but uh, there is no point talking about anything else until you get this first question answered. Can I trust him? Um, I, I didn't, I don't know a lot about this, but I remember, I remember this name, and I, I was asking Pastor if you remember the name, but uh, many years ago, Bob Harrington, uh, he was the chaplain of um, uh, Bourbon Street, and Madeline Murray O'Hare, famous atheist, they had a debate on this old TV program. And at one point, someone in the audience asked Mrs. O'Hare what she was going to do when Jesus returned. This is what she said. With great confidence, she said this, it won't happen, so I don't have to worry about it. So Bob Harrington replied, the Bible contains 318 verses that speak of the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, she, uh, and she just said he's not going uh, to return. So over here, you have 318 verses in the book of God. And over here, you got one claim from the book of O'Hare 
Who are you going to believe? And that's what the debate was there, and that's the key question. Who are you going to believe? And again, I know we're, we're, we're I, I would believe that we're all um, Christians and followers and students of the Word of God. We know that we're supposed to trust Him. So I just want to, again, as we move on here to the next question, can I trust Him? Yes, I can, because why? He is the faithful witness, because He's the faithful witness. Question number two. Question number two. So this will naturally lead to another question, okay? If, okay, I trust Him, but here's number two. Does he have the power to help me? Does he have the power to help me? Now, again, trying to get a little, not getting too off track here. If we, uh, people that are around us are watching us, they know that you're Christians, and you're having some moments of, I don't know if I, I trust this. I don't, know if, I don't even know if God can help this situation. Why are they going to want that? Well, they don't see any difference. Uh, and um, the answer is found really in the second title that Jesus uh, John gives to Jesus here, back to Revelation 1, verse 5. He calls him the firstborn from the dead. The firstborn from the dead. And I'd like to just kind of apply this in the, in the, in the situation of, you know, this ref- I believe this refers to the resurrection from the dead. When he rose from the dead, he was the firstborn from the dead. Uh, what, what does this mean? Yes, there was other people that were raised from the dead. I mean, we know Lazarus and John 11, uh, many other people who were raised from the dead. Uh, each of them was a, a miracle, uh, but they all had one thing in common except Jesus. The people that were raised from the dead who were not Jesus, they all had one thing in common. What did they eventually end up doing again? They died. They died. Did Jesus ever die again after he rose from the dead? No. Uh, he conquered death. Jesus did not die. He is the firstborn from the dead. So when he came forth on that Easter morning, he rose once and for all. And when he left the grave, guess what? He left it for good, never, never to go back. Uh, Jesus is the firstborn from the dead in the sense that he is the first in a long line of people who will be raised from the dead, never to die again. Those that go on before us, they will also rise from the dead because of the firstborn from the dead. Does he have the power to, save, uh, to help me? He raised from the dead. He is the firstborn from the dead. I find such great comfort in this. Uh, I do. And um, I was just talking to uh, Ryan and Ryder the other day. I, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I believe, I believe they got saved around um, uh, VBS, but the, the sometimes it's just maybe unclear, so I'm not trying to push it on them and force it on them. Um, but I was telling them, I said, I don't, I don't, you know, we were, we were walking in the parking lot and um, Ryan, um, he, he took off to try to, I think, catch up with Jan or, or my mother-in-law. And I, I got so mad because there was a car zipping through there and I went up and I grabbed his arm, probably grabbed it too hard. And he got all, he got all frantic with me and I said, I don't want you to get hit by a car. And he's like, well, if I die, do I go to heaven? And, um, you know, I, just, I was glad that he was thinking like that um, as that guy was driving by and um, wanted to let him know how I felt about that. But um, anyways, all that, all that being said, I told him, I said, you know, I said, I'll tell you this. I still want you to live a long life. I still want you to, I, I, will, I will knock you out of the way for that car. I'm okay. I'm okay to die. But I find great comfort that no matter what happens, and we can, we can pass that on to our kids, nothing, no matter what, uh, because of the power he has to help me, he's the firstborn from the dead. Uh, I think about the times that I've been to some funerals and some gravesides. What a joy. Uh, Brother Roger, what a joy when someone knows the Lord, you could take great comfort in knowing where they are. But I've been at some funerals where nobody knew. 
And it was almost like they were praying them into heaven. I've seen people leaning over the casket, bawling their eyes out because they have no idea where that person is. And um, I'm so thankful, so thankful that uh, what Christ has done for us. And that's the reason why he came. He came to provide this way for us. Uh, we're all going to uh, deal with that at some point, uh, death, whether it's uh, a loved one or even ourselves. 1 Corinthians 15 talks about how death is the, the last enemy. Uh, but in those moments, we can find strength in one thing and one thing only, that Jesus has conquered the grave. He's conquered the grave, and he's done what nobody else can do. He's, he's come back from the dead, never to die again. Amen. So can I trust him? Absolutely. Does he have the power to, to, to help me? Absolutely. Uh, jump over here, if you will, to 1 Thessalonians. I want you to see this verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter, chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. What happens to those who believe in him? Um, we, are, we don't have to speculate. We don't have to wonder if they, if they put their faith in Jesus Christ and him alone to save. God, is, God tells us here, look at this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Uh, it is as simple and it's also as difficult as that. You'll never have to convince yourself of the resurrection. Think about this. You don't have to go camp at a cemetery to see if, uh, you know, and if you were to see if a resurrection was to happen, you might be waiting a little bit of time because the last one happened 2,000 years ago. Uh, but we have the word of God, which overrides anything. You don't have to look for, oh, let me see if someone's going to raise from the, no, we have the very word of God who tells us what happened. Our faith in the resurrection of the dead does not rest. And what our eyes can see, our faith rests in the act of God, whereby he raised Jesus from the dead. If God can do that, he can do anything. And again, I go back to what did I do on April 1st, 1998? I put my faith only in him. And you know what, guys? <laughs> there's, there's, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Something's going to happen. I'll, I'll tell you this, just to be funny, we all have this pressure and this worry. My car's making a weird noise and, a, and, a, and it has a weird smell. Just put $1,200 into it last month. So what is, what's my faith like right now? What did those mechanics do to my car so that I would have to go back, right? Uh, Lord, why are you doing this to me again? No, it's, you know what? I'm so glad that it's my car. I'm glad, I'm, I'm so thankful it's not somebody in my family that's going through something right now. And as we went through the prayer request tonight and you heard all the people that have some physical needs, I, 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 my heart aches for them. Someone who's dealing with bone cancer, that's, that's a very scary, real thing. And you know what? I hope, I hope, and um, don't give me, I, I don't want to have to go through that, but if I do, I hope that I have the faith that those people that I've seen go through those things, the faith that they have, because I know he has the power to help me. He has the power to help me. Does Jesus have the power to help you? Yes, he does. He is the firstborn from the dead. Okay, let's look, go back to Revelation 1, verse 5. Let's look at that last title here, and this is the last question. Here's the last question. You know, people will, uh, sometimes they'll get saved because it's like, oh yeah, I would like to get my fire insurance, as I call it, or I get like to get my ticket punched to, to be able to go to heaven. Um, can, can he help me clean up my life? Can he, can he do anything for me? Um, maybe that's sometimes the question. Maybe that was some of our questions at first. And as we go on, we realize, we realize how, how, how the Lord works in our lives. But here's question number three. Will he take care of my future? Will he take care of my future? Suppose I trust in him. Suppose he does have the power to help me. Will Jesus take care of my future? The third title that um, John gives here in Revelation 1.5, it's really, it's, it's breathtaking. He calls Jesus the ruler of the kings of the earth. 
Oh, we serve the, the king of kings. He's the ruler of the kings of the earth. Uh, the word for ruler means really he is the ultimate authority over all kings of the earth. Uh, they, they are great, but he is far greater. Maybe they are mighty, but he is mightier than they'll ever be. Millions answer to them, but they answer to God. He is not merely one of those kings. He rules over all of them. Uh, there was a, a guy who, uh, if I said the name, some of you would know, but uh, he preached on that phrase, and he put it, he put it this way, and uh, he said the president's name at the time, and he said, I'll, I'll, use, I'll use our president's name at the time, but it said, Joe Biden says to Jesus, how can you be the ruler over me? I have my office by the election of the people of the United States, a sovereign nation, and by a constitutional inauguration and installation. Jesus will answer, I have my office as ruler over you by God's election in my resurrection from the dead, my indestructible life and my installation at God's right hand. And um, you think about, and again, that's uh, kind of just an illustration, but you think about what Jesus, he is the ruler. Uh, he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. And it uh, doesn't matter who, uh, who's in power. You know, I, I'll say it this way. I remember uh, I, I remember probably the first election that I truly remember uh, when I was, uh, let's see here, 2008, was that when Barack Obama went in? I think I'm, I was home, homeschooled anyways, but uh, I think I was 16 at the time, but I remember that. But I remember when Barack Obama got in, it was the end of the world. He's the Antichrist and everything is all horrible, but it was like, what did I do the next day? I went back to, to what I was doing anyways. But uh, all that being said, it was like, no matter who the political leader is, God is in control. God is in control. There are small kings who rule tiny realms and mighty kings who rule vast empires, and we could say all their names, but Jesus is the ruler over all of them. Sure, this world's in a mess. Uh, that's why it's hard to believe sometimes that this is true. Um, a lot of times we'll say, oh, it's be, uh, the devil let that person... Um, let that person get into office or have that power. Um, I think about this. You think about the, the, some of these baby killers. The politicians will break laws that they even write. And these drug dealers make millions of dollars. And all these, all these horrible things. And you say you can make a, it can make a good cause that maybe Satan is the ruler of the kings of the earth. No. It only means that you know, Satan has no power except for what God allows him to do. Jesus will step back. And you think of this, the, the, the hands that were nailed to the cross will someday rule the world. Though we don't see it today, it's, it's going to be fulfilled. And that's what the book of Revelation is all about. I don't understand all of it 100%. Some of it's a little bit uh, misunderstanding sometimes with me. Uh, I enjoy reading through it, but uh, read it for yourself and see how the story ends. We win in the end, not because of anything we've done, but because of Jesus Christ. And uh, he uh, maybe doesn't seem like it right now, but he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. And by, by him they reign, by them they are restrained, by them they are replaced, and by him they will be judged. They will be judged. Uh, Proverbs 21 verse 1 says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. So will Jesus take care of my future? Yes, he will. He is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Uh, you think about this, you are in good hands when you are in the hands of the one who rules the entire universe. When you are in the hands of the one who is the creator of all things, what a wonderful place to be. And we have the truth because he is truth. He's the faithful witness. He's the firstborn from the dead, and he is the ruler of, of all the kings of, of the earth. Um, so 
Again, back to kind of what we talked about at the beginning, you can never tell how a baby will turn out, uh, but you think about just how what Jesus Christ, uh, this time of season, this little baby, what he came to do, what he accomplished, and what he is still accomplishing, what he's still accomplishing today. And so what is the application? What's the application? If I can wrap it up in just a couple sentences here. Grip fast to Jesus. There is no security. There is no truth anywhere else. Today... Uh, as yesterday and tomorrow as today, he is the answer to everything in life. I don't know what you're going through, but I just, I just know, because uh, I don't know about you, sometimes we can get so focused on our own problems, and, and I totally get that because that's our life and we're going through it. Um, but as you go around the room and you hear about other things, you're like, man, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> forgive me. But it, it's a very serious thing what you're going through. But he, he knows all about that. He is the, and just think about what, what Christ has done for you and what he wants to do through you. And um, I'll just close with this statement. Let's, through this Christmas season, let's continue. It's a daily thing. Let's place our life in his hands because we'll never be disappointed. And that threefold, that three uh, outline there tonight in Revelation 1.5, I'm so glad that we serve, we serve a God like that. What an amazing, amazing time of year. And uh, we get to celebrate all year round because of what happened here during this season. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you would just bless us as we are dismissed. Lord, I pray for those that are sick in our church. Lord, I pray you touch and heal them. Lord, I pray a special blessing upon Don, uh, Pastor Don Carpenter. Lord, I pray you continue to touch and heal his body. Lord, I pray that uh, as we go our separate ways into the work field this week, and Lord, wherever you have us cross paths, Lord, I pray that we would be a faithful witness for you. Lord, I pray we'd be ambassadors for Christ. I pray that we'd represent Jesus. Uh, Lord, especially during this season of time when people are really really searching, Lord, very dark time, Lord, that people are searching. Help us to be a faithful witness for you. We ask these things in your name. Amen.